Welcome back, my friend, to episode 18 of the Continuous Improvement Journey podcast, where we'll be talking about the four levels of leadership. When you look back on some of history's most influential and effective leaders, what made them so great? Well, they were selfless, loved by the people they were leading, and also had a strong desire to empower those around them to become better people. On contrast, when you look back on some of the worst leaders from history, what made them so horrible? Well, they were the exact opposite of the great leaders. They were selfish, uh, would do anything to maintain their power, and led through fear to suppress the people in their control. Becoming a great leader or even a, a great person does not take eons of time. We can all start right now. Even if we are not a leader, when we think in the context of a, like a traditional leader or a manager, we all have influence on the lives of those around us through our leadership's qualities, even if we do not recognize it. So the question we should ask ourselves is, what kind of leader will I be? Many people throughout history have become so fixated on the idea of leadership I I believe it's because we have had some pretty horrible leaders and also some pretty influential leaders throughout history. And a few questions that some people may ask is, well, what makes them such a great leader? How can I become or be taught to become one of the great leaders from history? And now can we... And how can we avoid bringing into power leaders that were driven by ill intent? As I thought about these questions, I can't help but think that there are multiple levels of leadership. And as I've come to know that really it comes down to four levels of leadership that I would like to summarize into four categories of leaders that they could be placed in. Now, of course, there are probably other better categories and labels or descriptions that other people could come up with for leaders. But the four levels that I would like to talk about are dictator, manager, leader, and then servant leader. Before I talk about those four levels of leadership, what makes a good leader is to try and answer a question that I had when preparing for this podcast, which is, why are there so many books on leadership? I did a little research and could not find anything really definitive or like an exact number, but it seems that there are over 100,000 books on Amazon with the word leadership in the title. Also, it seemed like there's an exponential increase in the number of new leadership books that are published each year, which will then further add to those thousands of leadership titles to the growing number of leadership books on Amazon and throughout the whole world. With the number of leadership books we already have, on top of the other leadership books that continually come out each year, you would think that we would have some type of handle on what it means to be a great leader. However, it seems that many leaders and managers and organizations still live and operate below the bar or their potential. Or maybe it's just that uh, why there is so many leadership books is that that are published as an attempt to really close that gap. Uh, one thing that we do have is realize that many of these managers who are living below their potential 
may be suffering from self-deception. They're leaders of the company that feel that their leadership style is correct, appropriate, and influential. So why would they be motivated to read a book about leadership when they already have what they want and they already are where they want to be in their company? Unfortunately, there might be no incentive for them because they're blinded by their self-deception. Another reason why we continually have so many leadership books published is that leadership is constantly evolving. The, the world continues to change, and as we bring on these new challenges that leadership methods in the past may not be the most effective for addressing today's needs. For those who have a different perspective and want to continue to improve their own leadership style, for many, uh, after reading a leadership book, they have a great incentive and desire to continuously improve themselves. When doing some research about the topic of leadership for this podcast, uh, another question that I came up with is, is leadership an art or a science? I would like to say this question is very similar to the also long debated question if leadership is something that we are either born with or maybe leadership is a skill that can be taught. To answer both of these questions, uh, leadership is both an art that some of us already within us are already doing. Also, leadership is a science where all of us can learn and become taught because and become a, a great leader. For those who argue that leadership is an art, they feel that leadership involves having high emotional intelligence and other skills that are often difficult to define or to quantify. Examples of these skills are having charisma, intuition, fostering motivation, and creating vision. The other thought of those who feel leadership is an art is that these things can't be taught in the classroom. For those in the camp that leadership is a science, feel that leadership can be studied, analyzed, and tested, and has been proven much like any other science phenomenon. Now, for the moment I hope that you've all been waiting for, let's move into the four levels of leadership, which again are dictator, manager, leader, and then servant leader. I'll divide each of these four levels into five questions to help us understand the distinct differences between each level. Now, the four, five questions that I have to help understand the differences are first, what etymology or origin of words or definitions are there for each level? Second, what are their strengths? Third, what are their weaknesses or blind spots? Fourth, how is their charisma and influence felt by others? And fifth, and last, what are the sources of their motivation? So etymology, strengths, weaknesses, charisma, and then sources of motivation. Now, charisma in an is an interesting word that it means, or what it means is the level of how compelling they are, their personality qualities, or how professionally others are attracted to that person that inspires others to follow that person out of admiration and respect. An example of this is how you feel when an influential leader walks into the room. You instantly have this reverence, awe, and magnetism towards this person. 
And it's because of your deep respect for this person, trust, and that you have unconditional trust in them and that they will that you will do anything that they say because of your motivation to follow them. The great and amazing leaders and even the worst and horrible leaders from past history were all effective in what they did and had high levels of charisma. Because if they did not, they would not have been so famous or influential and nobody would have followed them. When you think about some of the dictators we have had in past history, they directed some of the most horrible acts against society, but were very effective in how they led. However, in contrast with the great and amazing leaders, both had and both were effective and had high levels of charisma, but what set them apart? It was what was driving their motivation when leading their followers. Was it out of fear and wanting to empower others? Or maybe it was something to help them out with their people. And so with the concept of dictator, one of the lowest levels of leadership, Detmali sources uh, tell us that a dictator is someone who is with, with absolute power and possesses unlimited power. They often say many things in prescribed direction. They can be imperious or overbearing, which imperious being someone assuming power or authority without justification is arrogant or domineering. An interesting related to word to dictator is addict or someone who devotes or gives up oneself or habit or occupation. An addict is to devote, consecrate, sacrifice, sell out, betray, or abandon. The key word synonymous to the label of dictator is fear and possesses the lowest levels of emotional intelligence. So those are some pretty interesting characteristics of a dictator. And how are these characteristics a strength of our lowest of the four levels of leadership styles? I would say that the greatest strength of a dictator is that they are amazing about getting things done quickly and efficiently. Since they have unlimited power and control, they don't have to worry about what will, that will slow them down, like the bureaucracy or even the specified processes that their counterparts would have to deal with when, and that they would have to follow when to get things done. They don't have to navigate this complex decision-making process. Whatever their wish is their command, because, and because of this, a dictator can implement rapid changes in a short period of time. Being a dictator also establishes a clear chain of command that efficiently further distills their decision, uh, decisions throughout the organization or those that are in their control, often being motivated by short-term gains. Being a dictator also establishes a clear chain of command to further help and efficiently distill their decisions throughout the organization or those that are in their control often being motivated by short-term gains and successes without regard for how their short-term decisions often erode long-term success. With a dictator, you have stability and certainty that you would otherwise may not have with their counterparts, who each have their own way of doing things. And with a dictator, there is only one rule, which makes everything simple and stable. 
The dictator has unlimited power, and therefore, you sacrifice your own power and choices to conform to their power and influence. So very simple for them. With any of these levels of leadership, each of them have, have strengths that can also have the opposite effect of weaknesses. Yes, having a dictator's type, type leadership style is a quick and efficient way of doing things. However, it has many disadvantages that are detrimental and often damaging to long-term success. One of the biggest weaknesses or problems with dictators as a level one leader is those in their control give up their freedom to make their own choices or choices for society that otherwise would have brought about influence and long-term success. Since freedom is no longer an option, those within a dictator's control are oppressed, punished for being critics, and their motivation is highly distorted. The need or requirement for transparency is lost, which leads to a severe lack of accountability for their actions and decisions. When a dictator-style business leader walks into a room, what are some of the feelings you might have? You may feel their absolute power and control that flows from them and from those who surround them as the protectors to the dictator's agenda. You will maybe have a large and easy feeling, uh, may become stressed or overwhelmed, or a cowering feeling that you cannot speak up or share your ideas and will be on alert to protect yourself. You also have feelings of resentment, rebellion, disloyalty, and disgust. When a dictator dies, retires, or is transferred or removed from the organization, people are greatly excited, will shout praises of release, relief, and will be an opportunity for celebration. Now, depending on how deep a dictator's charisma is, you might even see people doing cartwheels. The charisma of a dictator relies uh, heavily on leading through fear. They often use powerful tools and tactics of threats, intimidation, coercion, and to gain and maintain their power and control. Their motivation is to do whatever it is necessary to maintain their authority, unlimited power, just as a drug addict has to, has to maintain their addiction. The dictator is addicted to power and has a and as a result has a very distorted view of the world and often has high levels of self-deception. Let's move on to the a manager as a level two leader. A manager is someone who directs or controls, is charged with conducting, asked to take care of, and manage the affairs of another. They speak or are an advocate for another. They are also a person who is responsible for overseeing and directing the work of others to achieve organizational goals. The keyword synonymous to manager is directing and possesses low levels to medium levels of emotional intelligence. Managers do provide clear direction and guidance to their people that they are managing to really help them understand their roles and responsibilities so they can align and manage those organization, to those organizational goals and objectives. Because of their motivation of achieving the organizational goals, 
and objectives, they are naturally goal-oriented to help drive performance and productivity. Managers do a great job in holding the people they manage accountable for their work to ensure that tasks are completed to a high standard or work. What are some of a manager's weaknesses? Well, sometimes their leadership style does not allow for flexibility when decisions are made. As a result of this, decisions are often not made to take into account the unique needs and perspectives of those they manage. A common trait of a manager might be that they are a micromanager which results in distrust that lowers autonomy and creativity. They might also have lower levels of empathy towards others because, again, their motivation and priority is to achieve the goals of the organization instead of balancing the well-being of those they manage. As a result, people may become stressed by deadlines that they have to meet in these goals and objectives, which leads to burnout. Also, managers may be resistant to change in the way that they lead or how processes are followed because if it's not broken, why would you fix it? When a manager has a level two leadership type, type of style, if they walk into the room, negative experiences will begin to cloud your memory because of the stress induced by the pressure from them to achieve their or their organizational and objective goals. You also may feel an influence of dishonesty flow from them because in order to meet those organizational goals and objectives, certain rules are bent, broken, and disregarded for their department to come out on top. An influence of competition to other departments in the organization is an established culture. Meeting the organizational goals and objectives is the main source or their motivation for a manager. Meeting quarterly goals and objectives become the driving force no matter the cost, the outcome, or the path to get there. As a result, short-term gains are required that often choke out long-term success. A manager is proud of the work that they do in organizations to meet their goals and objectives and feel pride in their ability to maintain control over those that they manage. Managers also take credit for the success for the department and, and achieves or objectives that they achieved and blame those in their care instead of themselves for anything that prevented their department in meeting the organizational goals and objectives. A leader is someone who is first or most prominent. They guide, conduct, and have the capacity to lead others. A leader is responsible to guide, direct, and influence others to achieve organizational objectives. They use many tools and tactics to motivate their followers by setting expectations, providing feedback, and offering incentives or rewards. A leader provides a clear direction and offers guidance to their team members to ensure that everyone is working towards the same objectives. They're able to make tough decisions that are in line with their team members to ensure the best outcome for their team, organization, and for their external customers. People are inspired by their ability to communicate well, 
and to lay out what the vision of what future success looks like for the organization. As a result, their team members work harder, strive for excellence, and have feelings of excitement and enthusiasm as they go about their work or their tasks. The key word for level three leader is leading. Some disadvantages or weaknesses of a leader is that their team members' dependency on them is really in all decisions that are to be made or to solve problems. As a result, there is a lower level of autonomy that may slow down creativity. Some disadvantages or weaknesses of a leader is that their team members have entire dependency on them in all decisions that are made or to be made or solve to solve problems. As a result, there is a lower level of autonomy that may slow down creativity, innovation, and freedom to experiment or to take risks. Leaders are fo- to focus their attention and may experience bur- burnout because of their constant need to make decisions from their team members that come to them to ask for help or direction. Leaders see change as a good thing, but on the other hand may resist it a little bit if it does not fit into their vision or past experiences. If a leader walked into a room, the charisma and feelings that you would get from this type of a level three leader is you'd have respect positively and overall good feelings towards them. You trust them in their decisions and know that they trust you. Overall, you would have a good friendship with them. Know that they are always there to help guide or answer your questions. And have good skills of empathy, flexibility, and work well with people from all types of levels and backgrounds. A leader's motivation is a sense of purpose and the ability to communicate to their team members to ensure that everyone is following towards the same directives and objectives. They strive to be firm but fair when making decisions and strive to be a source of motivation to their team members. They feel pride in their ability to help guide their team members and knowledge to make correct decisions for the organization. Now moving on to a servant leader as our level four leader. A servant leader is, or a servant is someone who is an attendant, one owning or a duty of service to a master or is employed by another and subject to his orders. Their whole duty is to wait or attend upon. To serve means to render habitual obedience to or allegiance to, minister to and give aid or help to those that they are devoted to. They treat people as they should deserve to be treated are useful, beneficial, and suitable for a purpose or function. They also take the place or meet the needs of the task at hand. And the root word to servant is a wor- to worship or a worshiper. Now going back to describing the differences between the four levels of leaders. As a dictator, the dictator's here and they hold all the people well below them. As a level two leader, they hold themselves slightly below the other people. Level 3 leaders, they hold people at an equal level, while a level 4 leader is those that hold those up and have the people way above themselves as they serve them. Now, a servant leader focuses on the interests and well-being of their team. 
above their own personal gain, opinions, or desires. Their focus is serving their team members, helping them grow, developing in their skills, and creating a culture of trust. The key word synonymous to a servant leader is empowering, and they often possess the highest levels of emotional intelligence. So what are some of the strengths of a servant leader? Well, because of their highest levels of emotional intelligence, they are great active listeners and possess high levels of empathy, humility, personal awareness, and intuition of others. So what are some of the strengths of a servant leader? Well, because of their highest levels of emotional intelligence, they are great active listeners and possess high levels of empathy, humility, personal awareness, and intuition of others that, are, that very few leaders in the world could ever experience. Their focus is on empowering their team members, helping them grow, and develop their team member skills so they can achieve their highest potential. They have the highest level of trust, respect, and well-being of the other, in comparison to the other three levels of leadership. A servant leader is focused on continuous improvement and also innovation, and not just to achieve organizational goals and objectives, but also continuous improvement and innovation in the organization's processes, customers, team members, and most importantly, in themselves. They do not consider short-term successes, but rather always focus on long-term results that offer stability for their team members and for the organization. Servant leaders work to train their replacements so everyone has an opportunity to advance up in the organization or the company. While servant leaders have impactful skills and strengths, a few weaknesses to be aware of is that is because of their, la- their kind of laid-back attitude, autonomy, and empowerment given to their team members, sometimes there might be a lack of clear direction from them. A servant leader may prioritize team members' well, well-being over the company's well-being and direction. When making tough decisions, there might be some indecisiveness because of their desire to satisfy everyone when selecting the best outcome. So in your own thoughts, how would you feel when a servant leader walked into a room? You may have the uttermost respect and reverence towards them, and just being in their presence makes you want to become a better person at work and at home. You would admire everything about them and would want to become just like them. You are willing to do anything for them because of the deep respect that you have for them. Now, a servant leader's motivation is to give up control and to serve everyone around them, to empower and give all freedom to those that are around them because of the trust that they have in their team members. And the trust that they have is a result of their team members who are of one heart and one mind and know the decisions that they make will be on the li- in line with the servant leader. Now, circling back around to the introduction of this podcast and after looking at 
these four levels of leadership, their definitions, their strengths, their weaknesses, and charisma, and their sources of motivation and how they lead. The question we should ask ourselves is, what kind of leader will I be? Or what level of influence can I have? As you help organizations along their journey to continuous improvement, learn to continuously improve yourself to become more loving, kind, and generous. In doing so, we can positively impact those around us, change others' lives, and bring peace to our family and all who live in this world. Thank you for listening, my friend. I'll meet with you again in the next episode.